The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead, the Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey, and I'm so glad you joined me again for another episode of I Lead, the Leadership Connection. And today's topic uh, is so essential for all leaders, and it's often very under-leveraged. One of the key levers that any leader has is their ability to communicate. And I don't mean to get up and give a great PowerPoint speech and to have somebody do wonderful slides for you that you walk folks to through, but your ability to really communicate with others in an authentic way and help them understand what's really important, what role they can play in driving the organization that you lead forward, what's in it for them, and what's the why behind where you're headed and where you're going. It's often an underutilized lever. And it gets into the way of your being able to drive change more quickly. I have with me today a outstanding guest, uh, Dr. Jay Conger. And the reason I invited Jay on the show is that, one, he's a leading expert in global leadership. He's written numerous books about leadership. He's coached leaders all around the world, and he focuses on how leaders can make their conversations and communications memorable, meaningful, and levers to drive real change and alignment in their organization. Jay and I worked together. I invited him into GE a while ago when I was doing some leadership development initiatives there, and he helped us think about how you change your communication patterns from what they are today into a way that people can tell stories so that they remember those stories. He is the Henry Kravis Chair uh, at Claremont McKenna College, and he has taught leadership and coached leaders all over the world. Enough on Jay. He'll be with us fairly shortly. And let's talk a little bit about what the research shows. You know, so many leaders, when they're in the middle of key change initiatives, the area that they focus least on is communicating the direction to others. And it's so surprising to me because, you know, we all report to somebody 
And one of the biggest things that people do every day is they look at the leader, they look at what the leader says, they look at what how the leader acts, they look at what the leader focuses on in terms of what's important. And what does that mean? That means that you as a leader are continually under the spotlight. Where we are talking about really leveraging yourself as a leader is the most important thing. In these now complex and confusing times, my experience and my research has shown that those leaders that spend the majority of their time out with their workforce, communicating the purpose, being engaged, telling stories in a way that people can remember so that they know what's important to them and how they can align with that level of importance. Because we all want to do well and we're all trying to figure out, you know, how do I shine? What is the behavior that I need to have so that I can be successful in my job? You know, I'll tell you, I'm sure you're like any other organization. How many times have we said we have pitch-itis? So many people putting together pitch after pitch and page after page, hours and hours of really sort of lost economic opportunity time, rather than having people strictly tell their stories and I'll, I'll tell you an interesting one that I had when uh, with Jeff Immelt, who is the now CEO of GE. He walked into a room with 30 people. He had no PowerPoint slides. He had no pitch notes to tell him who was important in that room, what people did in that room. And he walked around to every single individual, and he was able to say something to every single individual about what they were doing, how important that was to the direction of the company. He knew the projects that he was working on, and it was really important. He was able to tell the story of where GE was heading, and it had a powerful impact on everybody who was in the room. So this showed me that leadership was really much more about how you communicate with others and how you leverage that communication. Now, I know we all think we're great communicators, but you would be surprised. You look at the majority of employee engagement surveys, and you will find that in those surveys, there's an interesting thing that comes out. Usually, people answer, or a question that often is not answered or gets a low score are the following. I don't get enough feedback or coaching from my manager around where I stand or what's really important or where I should be taking my job. The other thing they say is I'm unclear about the strategic direction. I'm also unclear about the behaviors that are expected of me. And where they get the clues from that are what you as a leader do every single day. Now, I'll tell you about another leader who was from Australia. And his job was to do a major 
transformation. One of the things that he did was every single week, he did not just rely on technology. He didn't rely on a newsletter. He didn't rely on his personal blogs. He went out into the field consistently. He had skip-level meetings. He did things where people could hear directly from him and ask him questions about where things were going and what was going to be happening. The other thing that he did, which was so incredibly powerful, is that he opened it up for questions. And he made it okay for people to ask him any question about what was going on. And you know what else he did, which is such a wonderful tool? When he didn't know the answer, he said, I don't know the answer. And so many leaders shy away from or believe, not shy away, believe A, that they are supposed to know all the answers, or B, that they'll be seen as weak if they don't know the answers. And that's not the case at all. People respect others who are honest, and they know when you're telling the truth, and they know when you're being authentic. So I would have to say that it is really, it is really important that you leverage one of the biggest tools that you have, which is your ability to communicate with others in memorable ways. Now, the other thing that I'll share with you, which is so interesting in studies that were done on research, uh, research around communication, is generally when you're finally reporting a change to the rest of your organization, you've already gone through the psychological steps of adjusting to that change. You've already said to yourself, okay, here are the things that I may not like about it. Here are the things that are really going to change in my life. But here are the good things about it. Here are the things that can help me get on board. And you've moved yourself through a series of steps that make you excited about the change. And what a lot of leaders do is they wait a long period of time, too long actually, to share the change with their workforce. And by the time they do share the direction, the vision of where they want the organization to go or where the organization is going to go, they usually come out and share it in kind of that rah, rah, look where we're headed. Isn't this great? And not then they don't allow their workforce the period of time to go through that mental adjustment that they went through. And they expect people to get on board in a shorter period of time than actually it took them to get on board. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. 
If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. 5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to ILEAD, the Leadership Connection. Hi, I'm Linda, I'm Linda Sharkey. This is the Leadership Connection, and our topic is communication. <clears throat> and I think I made the case in the earlier segment that communication is one of the most important levers. And if you wait 21 days before you communicate to your workforce about a change, you've just invited a massive grapevine, and you've also invited the fact that people will believe the grapevine before they believe you, before you come out with the change. With me today is the leading expert in this area, Dr. Jay Conger, and I'm so excited, Jay, to have you with us because this is an area that you've just focused on, and I think you have some leading new thinking uh, based on neuroscience to get into this topic. So I'm just going to jump right in with you. And um, let me ask you a couple of, 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 of questions. From your perspective, what made you focus so much on leadership communication? Linda, it really goes back to um, when I was a doctoral student and I was doing research on charismatic leaders. Um, Oh, I remember that book. Yeah, that was the era of Lee Iacocca, Stephen Jobs. Uh, You had a lot of uh, business leaders, but also uh, government leaders and social leaders. Uh, Martin Luther King, go down the long list of really exceptional individuals who are beyond influential. And one of the things which I noticed right away that they all shared was this ability to be not only articulate, but extremely inspirational. And they could make the activities, the missions, the goals of their organizations extremely meaningful for people. And that led me uh, to 
to thinking about this issue of the role of leadership being primarily, in, in many ways, around the ability to articulate a point of view, but then communicate it in very influential ways. And so much so that I like to tell audiences that, in a strange way, the limits on your words are the limits on your influence. Hmm. Interesting. Now, now, why do you say that limit on your words is a limit on your influence? So, well, say more about your that. ability to be very um, articulate and to help people understand why certain activities are meaningful and important um, is really what drives energy and motivation. Um, and I'll never forget, uh, many, many, many years ago, I had an opportunity to watch Stephen Jobs, the young Stephen Jobs, talking about the mission of Apple. And he quite simply said that the mission was to revolutionize how children learn in the world. So he didn't talk about the number of units that would be sold. He didn't talk about the mechanics of the Apple or Macintosh computer. He, he was a man and a company on a mission to transform education. Um, at that exact same time, I was going through the annual report of IBM, in which the chairman at the time, John Akers, was introducing a new product called a personal computer under IBM's brand. And in his report, he talks about, you know, they're excited about the technology, but he translated it into units and unit sales and, mm. and into very dry abstractions. And you could just see the difference in terms of the motivational impact that one would have versus the other. That's such a great point. So, you know, when you use facts and figures and numbers, that really doesn't grab people's hearts. So is that partly, I know you came to GE and helped us really help leaders think about their story and and really create more of a storytelling approach. Tell me a little bit more about why storytelling is so important to you. Well, storytelling basically has a couple purposes. And if you think about it, they play directly to leadership. Um, In some ways, stories are built to tell you both what you should do, but also what you should not do. And some of the best narratives that are used by leaders contain both of these kind of lessons to help people make decisions. Um, And even in the stories that you were told as a child, for example, Little Red Riding Hood, it was told to you in a way to protect you from bad people, in this case, wolves in disguise. Uh, by putting it in a story form, it has a level of vividness, and it also has a, an emotional core that increase the retention of the story. And I've always said that one of the great dilemmas for leaders, particularly in this era, is they're spending most of their time leading remotely. In other words, it's rare that you are side-by-side with the team. It's rare that you're side-by-side with the employees of your organization. And um, a lot of interference is going on, and it's very easy for them, as you'll see in a minute, to to lose sight of what are the priorities, to lose sight of the right way to take decisions. And narratives are the oldest form of packaging, decision-making, in human history. And that's that's, why all the religious leaders have used parables, mm, basically short little stories to help their followers make the right choices. That's such an important point because with globalization, the ability to be physically there with those you lead and to be authentic is going to be much more difficult. So storytelling becomes so important. People can visualize. 
So how is this connected with neuroscience? And what are the scientific insights from human memory that, that, that you've uncovered well, what's very important, there's a long history now, it goes back to the 1950s, but it's really gotten a lot of momentum recently. And, but I'll start in the 1950s, 1957, with a man named George Miller, who's in the psychology department at Harvard. And he was intrigued by working memory. And he wrote a very important paper based on his findings. It was called The Law of Seven, Plus or Minus Two. And what he discovered was that human beings could hold in short-term memory, and short-term memory for most of us is about 10 to 15 minutes, um, is that we can hold anywhere from five, literally, to nine things. Now, by the way, at the end of that cycle, you get a fatigue cycle, which takes about two minutes, uh, where you drift away, literally you drift away into daydreaming, and then you return to another cycle. But as you're returning, you have already erased some of those five to seven items. As a matter of fact, there was a man named Herman uh, Ebenhaus who sometime after that discovered that literally human beings forget 85% of what they've learned the prior day by the next day. Uh, In other words, what we're really good at is erasing information. And then the more interesting question is, well, why is it that we retain certain types of information? And this is where neuroscience has come in, um, because we're starting to learn that certain things like visual information, we're very, very adept at processing visual information, and we, we cling on to it extremely well, in large part because of our heritage, where we had to navigate savannas, where we didn't have clear pathways, and we had to pick up clues and cues as to how to get back to the village. Um, so we, we have an amazing visual capacity. We also store emotions extremely well. As a matter of fact, I could ask you to remember a, tra- a trauma from your childhood, and you could pretty vividly recall most of the elements of that trauma. So what neuroscience is helping us understand is there are certain types of information we store extremely well, and here's the paradox. We, in leadership roles, tend not to leverage those insights. Wow. So t- tell me, Jay, what, what is the impact if a leader does not leverage communication? What, what is the impact on, on them and on their organization? Well, if you go back to the fact that the leader, primar- the primary role of a leader is to, one, um, set direction or help set direction, and help the organization understand what are the right decisions and the wrong decisions. Almost all that comes through either the leader's communications, and I would include their modeling, and to some extent through um, rewards and punishments. But rewards and punishments aren't as powerful on a meaningful level as the leader's communications. So if you're not communicating well or sufficiently, the organization often doesn't know what the right thing to do. And so they will make choices on their own which may not facilitate the mission of the organization. So Patagonia has a very simple vision statement, which is to build the best product, cause no unnecessary harm, and use business to inspire solutions to the environmental crisis. So that you know that as you're working on Patagonia clothes and products, that your ultimate mission is to help the environment. Uh, Tesla has another one, which is to build an electric car without compromises. And there's a reason why Consumer Reports gave the Tesla automobile the highest rating in the history of automobiles for its Tesla car, the last series. 
And it's because there is clarity from Elon Musk, an electric car without compromises. And so if you don't convey well what you want and what you hope for, individuals will take their own decisions, which may not actually be the best. And then you don't have alignment for where you're really trying to head, which is... You don't have alignment. And then the other thing, which we haven't talked about, but at the core of decisions is emotional energy. People act because of emotional energy. And the leader's communications is not just words, but also emotional energy. And so if you're not communicating, you're actually not conveying energy. And I always tell executives and managers that they're contagious and that the energy they convey, whether it's positive energy or negative energy, is picked up within seconds. And that will either motivate people to action or actually potentially paralyze them or demotivate them. And so if you're not communicating on many levels, you actually are not only losing a sense of direction alignment, but you're actually undermining motivational energy. Very interesting. The consequences are severe. Yeah. Uh, You you make another uh, interesting point, I think, uh, when we were talking about this prior to the show, is that a leader is constantly under the microscope. And, you know, both you and I know that people don't, as when you're when you are a leader, sometimes you don't realize how much pe- people are scrutinizing what you do every every day. Can you say a little bit more about that? Yes, I always like to say, make sure you're in a spotlight, not a headlight. And I say that because um, people are your followers are testing you. They want to see, can I trust my leader? But they're also wanting to learn from you. And so they have these two very important kind of needs. And the best way they learn from you and the best way they test you is to watch you and listen to you. And so you are in a spotlight constantly. And politicians probably feel this more than any other group, uh, and rightfully so. But people in all walks of life, in any kind of leadership role, whether you're a school teacher in the front of the room or whether you're running an auto body shop, they are watching you and watching what is important to you and watching whether you're consistent. Um, And so very small things like an off-the-cuff statement will actually get a lot of momentum, either positively or negatively. A small action where you went out of your way for a customer, people will pick up on that and say, this is really important to my boss. This is really important to my leader. I probably should make this important to me. Yeah. Um, So I always say you're not just communicating through words, although that is one of the primary ways, but through even the simplest of actions. In a way, you're a walking billboard. You are a walking billboard. That's a great comment as we're coming up uh, pretty close to to break here. But I I really think, as you point out, that leaders don't realize how much scrutiny they're under. And I was doing some interviews of uh, another leader for 360, and it was amazing how an off-the-cuff comment got picked up and misunderstood by so many people. And the leader shrugged his shoulders. He said, I had no idea. <laughs> so, and, and, and I'm sure you experience that all the time. I, I see well, it. You're right. I see it all the time. It's remarkable. And the one intention they had becomes something very different in the eyes of the people who are working for them. With a lot of unintended consequences. Yeah. So, uh, we're coming up towards break. Uh, we're talking with Jay Conger. Um, 
a leading expert in leadership and communication author, uh, keynote speaker, trainer. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Jay about what do we do? What are some things that you can do as a leader to make sure that your communications are memorable um, and, and drive the alignment and direction that you're looking for? Talk to you soon. Stay with us. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on the future of business. Learn how you can become the transformational leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next breakthrough wave of innovation. The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to iLead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag #ILeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now back to ILead, the Leadership Connection. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey. I'm your host of I Lead, the Leadership Connection. And with me today is Dr. Jay Conger, a leading expert, a professor at uh, Claremont McKenna uh, College, uh, Henry Kravis Chair, um, globally recognized as somebody who is just a guru in leadership and communication. And we've been talking about how absolutely essential communication is for any effective leader and what an important lever it is that's often underutilized. So, Jay, tell me, what are some things 
or tools or ideas that you can give, that you give to leaders to be really effective in uh, communicating direction in a charismatic way? So, I mean, I, you have to start with really recognizing that, that the way you've been relying on your communications to date um, is largely ineffective, is largely forgettable. Uh, that describing things with a lot of detail, potentially, uh, a lot of abstractions, a lot of bullet points, uh, it's very hard to retain that information beyond literally one or two of these short-term memory cycles. So I begin with that advice, which is just recognize you're not having anywhere near the impact you should have. Uh, I will say there is one caveat. There are work situations where you do need to convey complexity, and you'll be rewarded for that. But generally, when you're leading a group of people, helping them understand where the goal is and the right decisions to take, it's very important to move from complexity, which you might appreciate, to simplicity. And there, there is an art form to that because you have to think carefully about how do I simplify this in a way that people really understand and will interpret in the way I hope they will. Um, secondly, from the world of journalism, there is a term we call the lead, which all great writers frame their article around a strong opening, in large part because they know that readers abandon an article often within a minute of reading the first two paragraphs. And so really the most talented writers have a very strong lead, which is what is this article all about and why should you pay attention? And I've always told managers and executives to take that metaphor and when you begin a meeting, uh, what is the strong, strong lead that you want to have as the enduring theme for the meeting? Why should they pay attention to you? And there's a wonderful prize-winning journalist who always said, you know, if I have an hour to work on an article or an hour and a half, I will basically take that first 50 minutes to work on my lead. Oh, that's Ten fabulous. to work on the article. That's fabulous there, advice. There is... Um, from neuroscience, we also know that um, repetition is really, really important. That if you can take, for example, some of your important decision rules, things you want people to do or not do, turn them into short, memorable phrases and repeat them over and over again. So, um, Horst Schulze, who is the former president of Ritz-Carlton, had a very simple phrase that he always repeated, and it's repeated to this day, ladies and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen. And the idea is that, of course, employees of the Ritz-Carlton are ladies and gentlemen, and they're serving ladies and gentlemen. And he used that as a way of setting standards for the team. Uh, Carlos Ghosn, who, who revitalized Nissan, uh, which was in very bad trouble, he introduced in his first year what he called the Plan 180. And it was really to reorient the entire company around three simple digits. And the one stood for we would hit a goal of one million vehicles sold in, in three years. The eight stood for taking margins, which were around 2% to 8%, and bringing the debt down to zero, Plan 180. So he didn't use a lot of complexity. He kept it very simple. Another technique that we've learned from neuroscience is translating things from abstraction into concrete information. 
One of the dilemmas, which you've seen so many times, Linda, is when a senior leader says, we, we want to work as a single team, this complex organization, or we need to get better customer service standards. Those are way too abstract. People don't know what that really means. And so I've always advised leaders to take the abstraction and give people concrete examples of when that is done well and concrete examples of when it's done poorly. So if you want greater customer service, find a powerful example of where someone went beyond the norm to deliver that outstanding level of service and find an example where a customer is let down. Isn't that a great place to use stories, though, though, too, you know, where there have been heroes around things that you're really trying to reinforce? Yes, and, you know, one of the people who's been really terrific at that is Fred Smith, the founder of Federal Express. He would always have wonderful stories to tell about his drivers who, for example, a, a very important prescription medication was on its way, and, and this driver actually got himself up in the middle of the night and drove to the patient's house with a medication because that's what it, you know, that's what was needed in this case. Uh, that Federal Express was, was going to play a role in helping that person be healthy and survive. Yeah, so highlight your heroes. and, and Highlight and your do- heroes. Another thing which we know actually in terms of the concreteness is that visual information, as I mentioned earlier, is stored extremely well. There's some studies that show that potentially up to 60% of your brain's processing is devoted to processing visual images. And there was a really wonderful study done in which, uh, I don't think I would have signed up for this study, but subjects were uh, literally shown 10,000 visual images. And they got to see these images only once and only briefly. Uh, And it took an entire week to show them all these images. Uh, The next week they were shown these 10,000 images, but with a companion image, which was slightly different from the original image. Uh, So they had plenty of time to forget, and they'd seen so many images, of course, they should have forgotten. But on average, most individuals were able to remember more than 80% of the correct images. That is incredible. And it's because we store visuals. So if you, um, you were to see myself or others who really figured this out present, you see that uh, we don't use traditional PowerPoint slides. We have a lot of rich imagery. And the other way to do that is by adding imagery into your stories uh, so that people can visualize the image. But we're yeah. terrific at storing visuals. That is such a great insight. But, you know, when you go into corporate America today, what do we do? We stand up with PowerPoint slides with loads of bullets that we talk to. And it's just completely opposite to how people are going to resonate and remember what needs to get done. That's right. We're making ourselves completely forgettable. (laughs) Not memorable. (laughs) It's so, and it's, you know, in a way, it's a bit of a paradox. We were, we went to school to learn how complex the world is. But we became leaders to take that rich understanding and then to translate it in ways that are simpler to help lead the people we lead. Um, So in a way, it's a bit of a reverse education from what you were taught in, in school and university. Absolutely. And sometimes I think about some leaders want to make things or, or highlight the complexity because they're showing how much they understand and, you know, and, and really, 
that has nothing to do with it. It's helping people see what it is that they have to do and why they have to do it and getting them excited about it and making it simple. And today, particularly with the global world, it's going to be more and more complex. So we have to relearn. So how does a leader go about relearning how they communicate? Well, I think the way to do it is, one, take some of these very simple guidelines, like figuring out what's going to be your lead. Secondly, um, figuring out what are the key abstractions that you really need to translate into either very concrete examples or stories. Um, And then start experimenting. I always say, you know, take your next meeting, uh, pull out a couple slides on that PowerPoint that you think are very important, just yank them from the presentation and put in two or three rich examples that convey the information instead of those slides with bullet points and experiment. And um, one of the beauties of communications in contrast to things like strategic vision is that it's a skill you can actually learn relatively quickly uh, provided you're open to experimentation. And and these are not um, costly experiments. Most of these are very simple experiments that your team at first won't even notice until they begin to say, my gosh, you're a much better communicator than you used to be. And I remember more of a meeting from a week ago than I've ever remembered. Um, So I've always said, uh, recognize that you're not having the impact you need and then start applying in very simple places like meetings these techniques. And as you do them, you get more and more comfortable and you start to see they're easier. And by the way, um, I like to say to executives, they make their livings now out of storytelling. Yeah. They don't like to think that. But when they start to realize that, they start to see more and more stories that they could tell. And I always say we're swimming in a sea of narratives. The problem is we don't see them. But once we realize how powerful and important they are, we begin to not only see them, but we begin to use them. And you know what? That's been a skill that's been used for hundreds of thousands of years before we ever had an opportunity to do PowerPoint slides. That's how history got conveyed. I I love that. I love that point. Jay, we're coming up. Uh, to our next break shortly, but I I wanted to ask you one other thing. Uh, You touched on it before, but the whole impact of globalization and communication. And let's face it, it's not easy today where you have a a global team, various different parts of the world, time zones, etc., to really communicate effectively. And I see a lot of leaders leveraging, you know, sort of technology to get their messages across. Give us some insight into how you best do this in a global environment? Well, I think a global environment, probably more so than ever, is requiring a, a degree of simplicity uh, because things get mistranslated. Um, uh, other, some country may pick up on one dimension of a report and not another. Um, so I think in a way it requires paradoxically greater simplicity on the leader's part to be able to communicate across such a broad audience. I think, secondly, you have to draw upon more examples from outside your home country. You have to draw upon more narratives from your travels or that others offer you because narratives that might work in one country may not actually hold up in another. And so the other dilemma that you have to think about is, and it works to your advantage, there are certain universals that people around the globe experience. Um, What are the universal experiences that you can then 
use uh, to convey information. I think also the era now requires far more of this distilling abstractions that the people at one end of the globe might interpret uh, customer service in a very, very different way from another end of the globe. And so giving them the concrete examples of what you mean is an imperative. It really is an imperative. Um, I think the other thing, which is, I've always felt, is as a leader, you never are communicating enough. You always have to over-communicate. And um, as you become more and more senior, people do not realize that they are perceived as under-communicating. And in a global world, uh, that issue becomes even more powerful and even more of a dilemma. Absolutely, Jay. And you know what I always say to leaders, if you think you're communicating enough, triple it. Yeah. And and, and it's probably, and I think you'd probably agree with this, it's probably like you say, your job is now a storyteller, you know, and it's, 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 it's got to be done so much more part of your, 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 your day to day work. Yeah. And then again, you've got to show that you have an appreciation for the world beyond your home. So it's very important that you get those examples and narratives from outside your home country as well, particularly if you're leading a global team. That is just so critical. I was just on a call with another company before this doing global leadership, and they're learning some of the stories from other parts of the world and being able to pull that in, and it makes such a difference. It's, that's so important. Well, thank you, Jay. Thank you so much for all your insights. I just really appreciate it. have loved working with you and bringing you into companies where I've worked. It's just been uh, a real delight. So well, look forward you, to Linda. staying Look forward and to and staying I love connected. the fact that this is the voice of America and we're talking about communications. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> very great? good alignment? Very good alignment. Very good alignment. So thank you very much. And we're coming up uh, against our next break. And um, stay tuned. We'll be talking about some summary ideas and specific things that you can do to think about how and to execute on being an outstanding communicator. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Do you know your personal brand? You may have the idea, but do you really know how to execute it and perfect it? Join Kathy Bass, the branding lady, for an inside look at the world of branding on her show, Power Up Branding. Kathy and her guests will discuss the many facets of branding, including tips to help you rebrand or bring your brand to the next level. Power Up Branding can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get a plan. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag I Lead TLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Hi, welcome back to the Leadership Connection. I Lead, the Leadership Connection. This is Linda Sharkey. Wow, what a great conversation with our uh, with Jay Conger, Dr. Jay Conger from the Claremont McKenna University. Uh, uh, Jay is just an expert in this field of leadership communication, which I believe has, and I know from my own experience in working with leaders, has been not leveraged enough as part of your toolkit, especially as you get to be a more senior leader. Leader, The thing that he said that I thought was so powerful is that as you grow in your role, your role becomes less of leading and more about storytelling. And, and and less about doing and more about storytelling. And, you know, as I reflect back on some of our earlier shows, uh, we did a show on neuroscience and uh, we did a show on leading in complexity with PricewaterhouseCoopers, uh, Tony, Tony uh, Cusimano, who's a expert in helping leaders drive change. You know, we're finding out that a lot of the old tools that we thought were so important and that we learned in school just simply do not work because we understand so much more about the brain and how people think and how people interact. So here's a couple of things that I got that I just want you to think about. First of all, pitches don't work. Bullet points don't work. Tell people stories. Tell them about the heroes. Tell them about the mistakes and why they were important. Think about the example of, of uh, Little Red Riding Hood, you know, and what was the purpose of all of that? Numbers don't make people inspired. So if all you're talking about is your vision for your company is making $2 billion or $50 billion or whatever it is or $100 million, this is not going to win the hearts and minds of your folks. Things are complex as they are today. And your job as a leader is to make it simple. Help people understand where they need to go. Help people see how they can fit in on a, on a daily basis and come up with your theme. What should they pay attention to? Now, I'm going to give an example of an old leader, uh, but I think that he has been an example for many, many people. Jack Welsh had an absolutely unique capacity for taking a theme, making it simple, and repeating it and repeating it and repeating it till everybody got it. And we now know from neuroscience that repetition is a key for people and helping them to understand where they are. So, 
the final thing is, and I see this so many times in all the leaders that I work with, oh, we need to be customer focused. You know, we're a team here. We need to collaborate. Well, those are big abstract words and concepts that people can just drive a truck through. That's what I like to say. What you need to do is give people concrete examples. What does it mean to be a team here? Have discussions with people. You can do it over the phone. You know this is a common theme of mine. Ask instead of tell. Ask. What do you do when you're collaborating? What does great collaboration look like in your organization? What does great customer service look like? I love the Ritz-Carlton example that Jay used. Absolutely phenomenal. And by the way, we have a major training initiative where we can help take leaders through. How are you communicating today? What does great communication look like in the new world, a complex global world? And how can you simplify what you're doing so that people see you as memorable and understand that you really are acting and behaving and believing in a way that people want to follow you. So here are some things that I tell leaders to do. Today, while you're driving home in your car or you're sitting in your desk, ask yourself these questions. What are the key themes that I want to convey? What's really important? And how can I make it simple? so that people will get it. That's not 25 words or 100 words or 10 PowerPoint charts. How can I make it simple so that people get it? Like ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen, the Ritz-Carlton quotation. Then, how are you going to convey these messages? What's the medium you're going to use? And what medians are you using today? Now, many of us, and if your check sheet says, oh, I'm doing newsletters, I'm doing blogs, that's probably not the best answer. People want to hear directly from their leader. And then what are the stories that I can tell to others that help them understand and see how these important themes and messages play out every single day in a non-abstract but concrete way. And then take a look at your behaviors. Just take a check sheet every single day and mark down, here are the three themes or the two themes that are really important to me and my business and our organization going forward. And are my behaviors today consistent? And am I signaling to my folks by what I do that those are really important or not? And then take a look back and ask yourself this final question. Do all the people who work with me and report to me, do they understand their role in making these themes, these ideas, these concepts? Do they understand their role in making them real? And do they understand what's in it for them? I think it will be a little very interesting diagnostic exercise for you. Well, thank you for being with me today. I love this topic. I think it's so underused by leaders in all walks of life. 
And if you do anything and experiment with how you communicate the messages, the themes, the images, and the stories that you use, you will have taken a major step forward. Thanks a lot and look forward to being with you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead, The Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week.